Hello and welcome to today's edition of the fight against COVID-19. What's really going on? The CGTN Radio podcast that brings you everything you need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Yu Tianyu. In this edition, we will look at how various businesses are booming after the world's second largest economy removed COVID restrictions. Spring Festival is one of the peak seasons for restaurants and diners in China. Just a few days out for the Lunar New Year holiday, businesses are actively getting ready. Liu Jiaheng reports. As one of the leading franchises in the catering business, Toto Hot Pot is busy all year round. Wen Kezheng is the store manager of Toto Salitun branch in Beijing. He says they're open every day during the Spring Festival and are now fully booked for the holiday. Actually, we have received an influx of diners during the New Year's break. By that time, nearly all of our tables and rooms for the Spring Festival were booked. Hot pot is what most people usually pick when having gatherings with family and friends. To welcome a large number of customers, advanced preparations are much needed. Wen says they're confident they can handle the holiday rush and provide great food and great service. We have been trying to sort out our staffing and getting the food ready every day since we reopened in December. And we have set the serving quota for the Spring Festival 1.5 times more than that of our regular seasons. We talked with our suppliers and made sure the fresh ingredients would be delivered in time. And we have arranged sufficient staff for every shift. To echo with the New Year and the Spring Festival, the hot pot chain's parent company, Shabu Shabu Group, has been launching different forms of marketing activities. A PR manager surnamed Oh Yang says they've been working to improve customer satisfaction levels. We have been offering vouchers for our customers and promoting new menus for the festival. Our marketing activities began several weeks ago, and the benefits we offer are going to be available right during the holiday. She also says the catering business has been gradually recovering, and the spring festival period is another potential opportunity. That was Liu Jiaheng reporting. Live performances and events in China are recovering from the impacts of the pandemic and welcoming their audiences back again. This comes after China rolled out a series of optimized measures in response to the evolution of COVID-19 containment. Guo Yan has more. It's only 7 p.m. on the Monday night, but excited crowds have already packed an Irish bar in eastern Beijing to see a comedy event held by a local club. This stand-up comedy club reopened its weekly open mic nights in late December after China lifted a series of restrictions relating to the COVID response. The live performance industry has suffered severe setbacks during the pandemic as a result of venues and events being shut down. According to the China Association of Performing Arts, losses at the box office due to show cancellation reached 1 billion yuan in just one month in March 2020. However, as China constantly optimizes its COVID prevention and control measures given the evolution of the pandemic, inspiring signals tell that the show must go on. According to China's online ticketing platform Damai.cn, about 50 tours were launched from late December to early January this year. Data from the Beijing Municipal Bureau of Culture and Tourism also shows that the number of live performances has returned to pre-pandemic levels. 
During China's New Year holiday in 2023, major theaters in Beijing staged over 300 performances, of which over 100 were stand-up comedy shows. As a new genre of entertainment, stand-up comedy is gaining in popularity in China, especially among younger generations. Donny Fan is a stand-up comedian from New York City. He's to accept the Best Comic Award voted for by his peers and audiences. It's been amazing to see the development of stand-up comedy, both、uh, in English and in Chinese, especially in Chinese, where there are opportunities now for people from all different walks of life who would have never had opportunities before.、Uh, you don't need to have money to be able to stand on stage and tell a joke.、Um, you don't need to have connections to make people laugh. With the relaxation of COVID-related policies, including capacity limits in public venues, comedy fans and performers can finally have the chance to meet within a few feet of the stage. Donny says he's had a really hectic schedule recently. He just came back from Hangzhou and will be touring in several cities in southern China next week. Actually, most of the comedy that I'm doing now, I was supposed to be doing back last summer, but COVID kind of rescheduled things. But now that we have a little bit more freedom to go out and travel, and we don't have to quarantine on other cities,、uh, it's pretty much been very smooth. Donnie is not the only one that benefits from the optimization of China's travel policies. Other comedians and audiences at the events also said they are glad to see the changes taking place. I'm just personally really, really happy that we are roaming around a lot more easily. We don't need to really scan to go in anywhere, and traveling was a lot easier. We actually went to Salmon at the end of、uh, December, and that was a great experience. Just being on an airplane,、uh, not having to worry about a COVID test results.、Uh, last three years have been a bit、uh, difficult. For everybody, yeah. The only part I don't like about my life in China is I didn't see my family for a long time. But hopefully, it's coming to a change soon. As more venues and events resume, a return to live performance is expected to help boost China's economic recovery. That was Guo Yan reporting. China briefly went through a shortage in medicines amid rising COVID infections in early December. The country quickly boosted production and reached self-sufficiency in a few weeks. Li Wingqi spoke with two pharmaceutical companies about their production schedules in response to the surging demand. When COVID cases started to rise in China, pharmaceutical companies quickly noticed the increasing demand for pain fever relief drugs. These companies often maintain inventories of raw materials to ensure production safety, but that doesn't mean they'll be able to ramp up their production right away. Yet, in under ten days, Northeast Pharmaceutical Group doubled its daily production for acetaminophen, a common drug for pain and fever relief. Head of production Wang Weiling says, on top of rearranging work shifts, one of the priorities was to bump up raw materials. In order to secure the supply of materials, the procurement department sent a special team to our suppliers to oversee their production and shipping. Kamba Pharmaceutical Company's production of ibuprofen, another drug for pain and fever relief, also skyrocketed to an unprecedented level. Bao Chuntong is the deputy general manager of the Lanxi production base. Our base produced around 1.5 million boxes of ibuprofen in December, and the capacity will reach 3 million boxes this month. Three million boxes would be greater than the entirety of 2021 for Kamba. 
It also reflects the extent of the efforts that many other pharmaceutical companies have invested during this time. But one of the concerns is whether the sudden increase of one product will compromise the production and delivery of others. Northeast Pharmaceutical is a major supplier of vitamin C on the international market, a product that also became highly sought after in China over the past month. Quoting the sales volume of vitamin C products, Wang says the company's export business maintained a steady level for the most part during the past three years, only with one exception at the start of the pandemic. There was a short period of fluctuation in the first half of 2020. Our export volume was actually not falling, but instead experienced a drastic growth on the international market, especially in the United States. The demand for vitamin C was surging in many countries. Apart from production, Northeast Pharmaceutical also owns hundreds of pharmacy stores across China. Wang says retail numbers already indicate a falling demand for pain and fever relief drugs, but it will take time for the production lines to readjust their rhythms. It's expected that many pharmaceutical companies will maintain the current levels of production for a while longer. That was Li Wenqi reporting. Hospitals across China are gradually discharging COVID patients. An 88-year-old patient surnamed Chen is among them. He was taken home by his son after two weeks of treatment at the Taihe Hospital in Hubei Province. Many thanks to the entire medical staff. My father was in very critical condition in the first and second days here. The doctors had a talk with us then. They used the best therapeutical regimen for my father, and he started to recover just three days later. Respiratory Department Director Wang Meifan says they are receiving fewer patients these days. We're admitting fewer patients and sending more and more back home. I think if we keep holding on, there is definitely a spring in front of us. Since the beginning of the current wave of infections in December, Taihe Hospital has deployed medical resources to ensure treatment and provide refined services for all patients. The World Health Organization says the agency sees no immediate threat for the European region after China relaxed its COVID restrictions. Hans Klug is the organization's Europe regional director. First, going with the science. From the information available to WHO, the SARS-CoV-2 virus variants circulating in China are those that have already been seen in Europe and elsewhere. We share the current view of the European Centre for Disease Control (ECDC). That the ongoing surge in China is not anticipated to significantly impact the COVID-19 epidemiological situation in the WHO European region at this time. Kluge says they acknowledge that China has been sharing virus sequencing information with them. The official added that the WHO is calling for science-based and non-discriminatory entry protocols. Eager holiday makers in China are not waiting for the Lunar New Year holiday to travel. Flocks of them have already arrived on the tropical island of Hainan. Zhu Zhu reports. We are here in Sanya, tropical island of Hainan province in southern China. The beautiful sea, beaches, and warm weather make it an ideal place for tourists. Many tourists are flocking to Sanya after China loosened its COVID restrictions, and many of them have just recovered from COVID-19. I've recovered from COVID. I booked my hotel in Sanya right after I recovered from COVID. Many of the tourists have come from the northern part of China to escape the cold weather. 
Wang Kele is from China's northern province. She came along with her children and mother. The warm weather will help us recover. It is much more hydrated here. I barely cough after I came to Sanya. Official data shows that during the three-day New Year holiday, nearly 170,000 tourists came to Sanya by air, up 7% on a monthly basis. The city's tourism demand started to surge after China decided to loosen travel restrictions on December the 6th in 2022. Data from Trip showed in the first hour after COVID-19 restrictions were relaxed, searches related to Sanya rose 174%. I believe that as pandemic control measures are optimized, the city's tourism sector will gradually recover. Hotel and air ticket prices have been increasing steadily. A round-trip air ticket was about 8,000 yuan when I booked a couple of days earlier, and now it surged to over 10,000 yuan. The Sanya Tourism Promotion Bureau said tourists who have recovered from COVID-19 are welcome to travel as normal, but urge them to take the necessary precautions to prevent reinfections. Many hotels have also advised tourists who feel uncomfortable to quarantine themselves in their hotel rooms. That was Zhu Zhu reporting from Sanya. Some economists say China's reopening will help ease supply problems in global inflation, and the pent-up demand will help spur economic growth now that restrictions on travel have been lifted. For more on this, Mike Walter spoke with Anna Tenjin, an economic and current affairs commentator. Anna, uh, let's unpack some of the things I just mentioned. Uh, analysts saying that uh, supply disruptions will likely ease uh, with these moves. They could also ease inflationary pressure. Uh, and really kind of impact the global economy, it might even uh, reduce the pressure on some countries to hike interest rates. Uh, Do you think that that's what we're going to be seeing as a result of this? Well, a lot depends. I mean, there's a lot of geopolitical uh, pressures out there. Um, You know, every day you seem to hear uh, about some sort of negative um, economic policy towards China, mostly in the high tech area. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, if you start talk to the experts, Mike, it's going to they're expecting China to supply three quarters of the world's uh, growth. That's up from half during this last three-year pandemic period. So uh, China's going to figure very uh, highly. That's why you're seeing uh, increased uh, uh, estimates for 2023 growth in China, even though uh, outside China, it's not as uh, rosy. Yeah, we know there's a lot of uh, pent-up demand uh, there domestically. A lot of families separated in recent years because of the COVID restrictions. Got the Spring Festival coming up. We're seeing these flights coming into the mainland from Hong Kong, these family reunions. uh, So much excitement about that. That's domestic uh, travel, of course. What about international travel? We were talking about uh, Doshing International preparing for things, uh, full operations to start on Tuesday. Clearly, you know, it's going to ramp up slowly, one would suspect. But what do you expect to see there? Well, I I really think that you're going to see a biggest bump uh, after the uh, first quarter. Uh, There, of course, will be a tremendous amount of uh, pressure to travel during uh, the spring festival holidays, uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, But the difficulty is uh, over the last three years, a lot of people have, you know, their passports expired. They need to get uh, new visas. Uh, The cost is a prohibitive at the moment because airlines still have to lay on uh, new routes and uh, staff up themselves. So it's going to take a little a bit of time to adjust. But just just keep aware that tourism is 10 percent of the world's GDP. China was 20 percent of that, one fifth. 
and uh, that's really necessary. But you might start to see changes in the way that Chinese travel, especially given the kind of uh, negative uh, press that they get uh, in certain areas, also these uh, restrictions. Uh, this might lead to long-term trends. Uh, expect a lot of ac uh, tourism activity in ASEAN and countries that are very fa uh, favorable to China. Uh, and what's fueling this? I mean, like this is the important part. Uh, China uh, con consumers have saved about $17 trillion. That's more than the uh, Chinese uh, GDP, annual GDP. And uh, that savings was up uh, fi over 5.7% over the first nine months of 2022. So they have staying power. The question is confidence. How confident are they uh, in terms of the economy? Because that's going to play a key role in this kind of economic multiplier that can not only help China, but also the world. That was Anna Tenjin sharing his insights into the economic situation following the easing of COVID restrictions. With that, we end this episode of the fight against COVID-19, what's really going on. Subscribe to our podcast for another episode filled with facts, stories, and opinions concerning the global battle against the novel coronavirus. For more detailed stories about the pandemic, visit radio.cgtn.com or listen to our current affairs program, The Beijing Hour, online. Drop us a line on our podcast so we can provide you with even more content that interests you. I'm Yu Tianyu. Thanks for listening.